everyone, welcome to another Friends of France Friday, and welcome to the 12th episode of the third season. I cannot believe it. 12 episodes. We're halfway done through the season. Time is just flying so quickly, and I can't keep up with the calendar. In last week's episode, we were joined by and heard from Stephanie Beggs and Mary Shu Warger, two incredible ER nurses and nurse educators, as they talked about tackling studying tips and examination strategies to successfully conquer nursing school and ultimately pass the NCLEX. Definitely, nursing school examination skills and conquering the NCLEX are beyond important, because it's what will ensure that you get your nursing license so that you can actually work as a nurse. But these exams, both school exams and the board exam, are utmost clinical in nature. Not only is it because nursing as a profession in a field is obviously clinical, but also because the encouragement is to take part in clinical pathways after school. And I saw and heard this firsthand as a nursing student several years ago. Throughout nursing school, working in the hospital or at the bedside was definitely the encouraged career path after graduation and licensure. I specifically remember one of my nursing professors saying that one should work at a medical surgical or med surge unit for at least two to three years in the hospital before going into other units. We have data that actually proves this. According to the American Association of the Colleges of Nursing, as per the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics, 55% of registered nurses worked in medical or surgical hospitals in 2022. It honestly low-key felt kind of demonized to delve in other types of nursing, ones I didn't know about then, other than the bedside. I veered away from this expectation working directly in a cardiothoracic surgery specialty straight out of school, and I also had classmates who took positions in other specialized units, such as the NICU, PICU, ED, and the OR. But there were also those who decided to ditch the bedside from the get-go. And truly, one of the beauties of the nursing profession is its versatility of where you could work. Hospitals, ambulatory or outpatient clinics, home health, schools, politics, up in the air as a flight nurse, even Amazon or Google. Hi, please hit me up. And definitely, business and tech. And this is the bulk of today's episode. With the rise of technology, social media, and artificial intelligence, or AI, we also see a rise of nursing ventures in these pavements. Definitely, not only beyond the bedside sphere, but also the clinical. Or is it? They actually lose your nursing skill sets when you leave the bedside and pursue opportunities outside the clinical. We have three incredible minds and figures in their own rights today with us to show us that this is not the case. We have not one, not two, but three nurse entrepreneurs, or nursepreneurs as they call it, who are literally developing the world and the future of nursing. Kara Lunsford is the founder and CEO of Hollyblue, a social networking app for nurses which was acquired by Relias or Nurse.com, where she is now the vice president of community. Nurse.com has been the trusted go-to resource for nurses worldwide for more than 30 years, providing the nursing community with peer support, job opportunities, and accredited continuing education. Caria has been a registered nurse for almost two decades, having worked in the areas of pediatric oncology, infusion services, hospice care, and concierge home health as a director of nursing. Anthony Scarpone-Lambert is the co-founder and CEO of Adney, formerly Lumify, a one-stop shop of gear and resources made for healthcare workers and the only all-in-one AI-powered clinician engagement platform. He previously co-founded Tex911, an advocacy nonprofit startup expediting the process of implementing emergency tax capabilities in all United States counties. Fun fact, Anthony was a childhood Broadway performer from the Disney Theatrical Group. And Tamara Al-Yassin is the CEO of The Nursing Bee, the only free, daily, digital nurse-operated newsletter made for nurses. She is also a healthcare consultant for Baxter International, a healthcare product company focusing on kidney disease and other chronic and acute medical condition treatment. 
Tamara was a charge and trauma nurse in the emergency department for over a decade, where she previously co-founded the Acknowledgement Collective, which created meaningful, customized lap health pins. I am beyond excited for all of you to hear from these three amazing people right after the next few ads. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you get to enjoy your day. Bye-bye. Ever since I was a child, my inner arms and neck would always suffer from itchiness and irritation whenever I would sweat. It can become so debilitating, forcing myself not to scratch my skin and end up with wounds from prickly heat, especially at night. Thankfully, I have found relief through By Dr. Mom's Soothing Beta Cream and Soothing Bad Treatment, which uses barley-derived beta-glucan technology to help alleviate eczema, bug bites, and dry, itchy, irritated skin. Beta-glucan is a fiber shown in scientific studies to improve skin hydration and healing, and by Dr. Mom's products extracted with a technique that uses air technology, requiring no chemicals or solvents. Created by family physician Dr. Stephanie Liu with the help of an allergist and immunologist, you can now allow your skin to breathe and heal naturally. Using the code QUESTION10, that's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-1-0, you can get 10% off your first order on buydrmom.com. As a healthcare worker, my identity can become so boxed within the pressures and expectations of my profession that sometimes I forget who I really am outside the hospital walls. This is why I find so much power and liberation in self-expression through fashion and accessories, and Lupin seeks to do the same. Encouraging self-confidence and creating a safe space to be yourself, Lupin seeks to share with the world simple and impactful jewelry pieces that can bring confidence effortlessly. Meaning what goes around comes around, the brand, comprised of third-generation jewelers, holds a mission to brighten the community by promoting positivity and a growth mindset. Lupin's clean designs are handcrafted in South Korea using 925 sterling silver and can go with almost any outfit on anyone. In fact, I wear my pieces on and off shift. With the code FRANZ, that's F-R-A-N-Z, you can get 15% off your first order on lupin.com. Let's bring more luster into the world, together with Lupin. I remember coming home every day from elementary school and smelling the newly steamed jasmine rice in the cooker that my grandmother made just in time for dinner. It reminded me of my first few years living on the farm back home in Asia, sniffing the rice while overlooking the fields. Founded in 2020, Bison Candle Co. hand pours nostalgic and iconic scented soy wax candles inspired by the Asian scents, flavors, and traditions that founder Brandon Leung grew up with in his first-generation Chinese-American household. Brandon's mission with Baisan is to create authentic Asian aromas while rediscovering his love of his Chinese culture and heritage. The candles and home fragrances celebrate aromatic Eastern flavors and aromas one would typically find in an Asian kitchen or pantry, like Vietnamese coffee, steamed white rice, and white peach. Enjoy traditional scents alongside some modern spin-off blends and be taken back into the beauty of the motherland with a code BISUNFRANZ, that's B-A-I-S-U-N-F-R-A-N-Z, for 15% off your first order at bisuncandleco.com. Karen, Anthony, thank you so much for joining me today. It's like a party in here. I it's know. a Nurses Week party. <laughs> I have two amazing nurses in front of me, and it's such an honor to have you both. If you could first please introduce yourself to everybody. Thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Anthony. I am a registered nurse, and I'm also a nursepreneur. 
which I know is kind of the topic of this live. So yeah, basically I started a company in nursing school and then I became a nurse and then I ended up going full-time with my company eventually. We started with a wearable light, which was called the Lumify light. And it's a wearable light for night shifters. And then that kind of evolved into a marketplace, primarily focusing on businesses founded by healthcare workers. So it's kind of been a crazy journey. And I know we're probably going to get into the story today, but just love nursing innovation. Nurses are natural innovators. Could talk about it all day. And in my nursing journey, Kara was actually someone that I looked up to so much and someone who helped me kind of figure out how to even start a company, how to go about it. And really kind of empowered me to realize that I could do it. Because I think when I started, I didn't believe in myself. And Kara was someone who helped me believe in myself. So Kara, I'll pass it over to you. (laughs) I'm Kara Lunsford. I am also a registered nurse, have been for 16 years, going on 17 years. I feel like I keep saying 16 because it's stuck in my head. (laughs) I think it's probably 17 at this point. (laughs) I have done all kinds of nursing anything from right at the bedside for many years to home health, hospice, director of nursing, and pretty much everything in between. I too am an entrepreneur. I created the first social media network just for nurses and nursing students, which was Holly Blue, which was then acquired in March of 2022 by the incredible nurse.com. Thank you, nurse.com for believing in the vision and mission. And so now I am the VP of community, which seems like I, I don't even know how I ended up with such a cool name <laughs> over at nurse.com. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, you're both such an inspiration and I, I feel like I'm in royalty right now, looking the two of you on the screen. But you know, it's Nurses Week and this week I was like, you know, we should amplify the voices of nurses who are usually not on the spotlight, right? Because usually we, we hear from those in clinical, like in, especially in bedside, right? I was previously speaking to another live where we were saying that, especially for new grads, the gold standard of nursing is usually seen as the bedside, right? And throughout the past few years, especially with the pandemic going on and everything, you know, being online, we have seen, wow, there's so much opportunities and there's so much power in the field of nursing, in the profession of nursing. And I was like, let's amplify those voices and when I was planning this week I was like I have to get Karen Anthony like I have to speak to them and before all of that because it is nurses week I wanted to know your journeys into nursing why nursing was there a family member a friend a personal experience Anthony well just go by like you have an a that starts with your name and I have a so we'll just like alphabetical <laughs> order <laughs> Okay, round robin, round robin. That works. I honestly love this question because I feel like for me, like at first I didn't even know I wanted to be a nurse, to be honest. I didn't really know like the possibilities in nursing. I think for me, I was always very passionate about kind of problem solving. I was passionate about caring for others. Like those were kind of two things that I always found myself gravitating towards. I ended up volunteering at a hospital in high school. And there's kind of where I got my first exposure to like, oh, wow, like nurses are actually the ones like doing all the things in healthcare. And I think for me, that's when it clicked that nursing could be um, a path forward for me. And once I started doing more research, and I was like applying to colleges, I started realizing like, oh my gosh, like there's nurse CEOs, like the hospital I was volunteering at, the CEO of the hospital was a nurse. And I was like, oh my gosh, and it all clicked for me. I was like, wait, so nurses can be CEOs, they can be in Congress, they can start companies. So I think just seeing that versatility was ultimately what made me want to pursue nursing. And that's kind of how I ended up deciding to study nursing. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I have kind of like, 
two little stories as to like how I got into nursing. Very short. Probably the one that's a little bit more tugs on the heartstrings a little bit more is that when I was very young, I was about nine years old. My grandmother, who was babysitting my sister and I at the time, had an aortic aneurysm. And so I just remember this moment of like standing over her and feeling really helpless, like completely helpless. I didn't know what to do other than call 911, which I did know how to do. But one of our neighbors like ran over and actually did CPR on her, but she passed away. And it was a really traumatizing experience for me. But I also think that like sometimes out of those challenges and those really difficult times that we have this opportunity and we go, you know, I don't ever want to feel that way again. I want to make sure that I know what to do. If something like that happens again, I want to be able to like jump into action and be able to do something. So I think it put me on a path towards feeling more empowered and wanting to be able to care and help people who were in situations like that. And then many years later, after I was like, I was actually a sign language interpreter for many years. Um, Some people don't know that about me, but I interpreted in colleges and I interpreted for the biology of cancer class twice, actually, (laughs) Dr. Oppenheimer at Cal State Northridge and a little shout out to him. And, and so I interpreted that class and I was like, oh my God, I'm fascinated by oncology and, and, you know, just everything about it. And I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. I'm going to, I knew I wanted to go into nursing. I knew I want to be in the medical profession, but now I knew that I wanted to kind of go that direction. So that's, that's what I did. I did pediatric oncology the first eight years of my career. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, I, I feel like when you talk to every nurse, right, there's always a story behind that decision and to entering such a field that is so hard, right? And like most of the time underappreciated or not recognized at all. And it's great that we have Nurses Week. I mean, it should be Nurses Month. But, you know, we have Nurses Week where we get to really elevate these stories and amplify these voices and just beautiful, you know, stories behind it. But I wanted to delve into the ventures and the journeys that you had within this space of nursing, which probably, I guess, like, 10 or 20 years ago, new grads would never think of doing, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to go straight to the hospital, go straight to clinical setting, and then I'll be a nurse. And then, like you said, we see this boom of nurse entrepreneurs. What was that term that you said, Anthony? Nursepreneur? Nursepreneur. Yeah. I love that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And we see the boom in this. And I want to delve into your personal stories with your companies. But we'll go with Anthony first. Anthony, formerly known as Lumify, right? Can you tell us the story behind your brand and what is the mission behind Adney? And what does the name Adney mean? Yes. Okay, let me try to, I'll try to be as concise as possible (laughs) because it's probably a story I could tell for like six hours because like Kara, I'm sure knows firsthand, it's just, there's so many twists and turns in your story as a nursepreneur. You know, you start with one thing and then you evolve and you iterate and it's just kind of a roller coaster experience. But from a high level, basically, as I said, I was always kind of interested in problem solving. And I was super fortunate to go to a nursing school that I think was very much like on the forefront of pushing nursing and nursing students as innovators. So there was always kind of a lot of sessions about innovation, design thinking, lots of opportunities to just discuss that. So anyway, I ended up going to a nurse hackathon back in November 2019. And if you haven't heard of a hackathon, it's basically like a conference setting 
It's a weekend long where you kind of just get teamed up with different nurses and engineers, you know, different types of stakeholders. And you're tasked with solving a problem in like one weekend and trying to create a solution for the problem. So at this hackathon is actually where I met my co-founder, Jennifer, who's also a nurse and also just very passionate about problem solving and nursing. And I feel like at this hackathon, it really clicked for me that the nursing process is actually very entrepreneurial in nature. And I always love to say like ADPI, assessment diagnosis is what you do as an innovator, right? Like you assess a problem, you diagnose it, then you plan, then you implement a solution, and then you evaluate if it works. Like that's just kind of what entrepreneurship is. And it also is the nursing process. So that kind of came full circle for me and basically started this journey of, you know, wanting to start a business. So I teamed up with Jennifer and we kind of, you know, started our business, which started with this idea for a wearable light for healthcare workers, specifically solving the problem that if you ever worked night shift, you have to go into your patient's room all like ninja style (laughs) and try to provide care to your patient with the lights off. Or you just turn on the lights and then your patient wakes up. So we have this idea to create a wearable light for healthcare workers after lots of trial and error, testing different lights online. We eventually got to a prototype, eventually connected to a manufacturer through like messaging a bunch of people on LinkedIn, connecting with awesome nurse entrepreneurs that already existed like Kara to get advice and basically started with that single product. And yeah, to our surprise, it kind of started blowing up in the nursing community, which was such a crazy experience to kind of see your idea come to life as it kind of started my nursing career, that's when it was all happening. So was working, was trying to run this business, and it was eventually just too chaotic. Um, So Jennifer and I ended up going full time with Lumify. Long story short, we were able to get some funding, participate in an accelerator, learn a lot more. And we eventually evolved to be a marketplace for nursing gear and resources. Once we kind of realized Another gap in the market, which was that there was a lack of single place to access awesome gear and resources for nurses. And our marketplace has evolved into basically being a marketplace for gear and resources, primarily focusing on businesses founded by healthcare workers. And that's how we have gotten to ADNI today. And ADNI actually stands for Lean On and Support in Latin. So that's how we came up with the word, just kind of wanting to be a supportive ecosystem and a place that nurses can access great gear and resources. So that was the crash course. I know it's a lot to follow in like 60 seconds, but from a high level, that's kind of how the journey went. And it's it's been a wild ride. You know, Anthony got his pitch down perfectly, right? He got it down in one minute. That was messy. <laughs> no, I love it. Actually, I used to work night shift in the hospital and I would have my Unite light and I would wear black scrubs and my patients would be like, oh, you're such a ninja. You don't make any sound. So it was so helpful to have the light and like check the Foley or the chest tube drainage and it has different settings. So amazing. As for Kara, I mean, I remember, I think a few months ago, we had a Zoom call, I think for the podcast and I was telling her, you know, Kara, I was in Holly Blue um, a few years ago. So we were somewhat never met but connected well, i wanted to know your journey Kara, from hollywood to nurse.com today yeah much to what anthony said about you know all of the the roads and the twists and the turns and the pivoting and the iterations and the initial mvps and then changing <laughs> and listening doing a lot of listening and and then realizing you need to make some some adjustments and so experienced all of that. So I think that's pretty ubiquitous amongst almost anybody who's been a founder (laughs) of anything. (laughs) 
<laughs> that they've probably had that similar experience. So for me, it kind of started, I would say like the, the seed of it started when I was working at the bedside. I was working and we kind of created a supportive care committee. Myself, along with a few of my colleagues, decided that we needed a committee to support nurses through you know, just dif- difficult times on the floor, end of life, trauma, tragedy, all kinds of things to help with the sustainability. And it was a lot about like bringing people together and communication and connecting us. And I know at the time I kind of thought, well, wouldn't this be great if we could just do this bigger? Like if we could just connect everybody, wouldn't that be amazing? And then flash forward to when I was a director of nursing for a home health here in Los Angeles. And I was looking for nurses to work for us. And and I thought, and I actually said out loud, I said, where's the watering hole for nurses? Like where, where are they? And they're just like hanging out somewhere. Is it a local bar? Is it like, you know, where, where are all the nurses? <laughs> I found myself on Facebook. I I said, I'm I'm looking for a Korean speaking nurse who has oncology experience and lives near City of Hope. And I was like, why am I putting that here on Facebook? This is bizarre. Like, this is just absolutely bizarre that I'm even putting this out here. And of course, nobody responded back to me. And I was like, there's a better way. Many people don't actually know that Holly Blue was initially kind of a workforce management tool with the added component of trying to bring in nurses to be together and provide them with certain tools like resume builders and stuff like that. I spent a lot of money doing that. And then right as the pandemic was coming, like 2019, started talking to some of our teammates and was like, you know what, we might have to pivot away and just like focus solely on community because that's really what nurses seem to need and want. And talk about hard to like walk away from like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of build of technology build, but it was the right move. And as soon as we pivoted and as soon as we started to explore this other platform where we were able to build community, we just saw that whole hockey stick of new users and people starting to adopt the platform. And we're like, okay, we hit the nail on the head, you know, and sometimes you get a lot of feedback where they're like, you know, investors or people will say, you know, where's the money in that? Or why would you focus your energy on just building a niche community for nurses that, you know, there's no money there, but I didn't let it dissuade me. And I just kept the vision and the mission. And I was like, you know what, we're going to build this really thriving community and the altruism of it will stay intact. And, you know, we can still always bring in money, even from something that is something very altruistic in nature. So that was what we did. And then sure enough, nurse.com came along and was like, we are looking for exactly what you built like the very thing you built. And so that was pretty amazing. And so that's kind of our story of like yeah. how we got started. You know, hearing your stories, it's like pivots. It's, it's so hard, right? It's so scary. It's kind of like trying to wander into unknown waters. I guess pivots in life, scary. Pivots within career, scary. Especially like, you know, from nursing, either from clinical to entrepreneurship or from this to that, from even from like one unit to another unit, right? It's always scary. Something changing and new is always scary. What were your tactics to face these fearful, unknowns when it comes to pivoting either in your careers or which obviously is entailed to your life right to your finances to your families how do you tackle those fears wow that's a great question i mean it's definitely not easy you're right i mean there's been so many nights so many sleepless nights where i'm like up thinking all night like oh my gosh like this could happen and if i do this then this could happen and i'm kind of like type a like trying to see all of these potential paths forward but i think when i find myself in that place i know that the answer for it is to just start and to just try it out because 
I think if you go forward and do it, like you can always backtrack, you can always readjust, right? Like it's never like, oh, if I pivot now, like I can never go back to doing this or I'm just like, you know, you always have kind of a path forward again. So I think for me, I just try to remind myself of that when the pivot is happening, because it is kind of a comforting feeling to really give yourself the freedom to go all in on that pivot or that direction. And I thought that too, about just going full time with Lumify now Adney, right? It was like, what happens if we can't pay our bills someday? Like, how are we going to like survive? Like, you kind of have all these questions, right? Or do we even know what we're doing? Like, how are we supposed to build this app? Like, how is anyone going to work for us? Like, how am I going to try to find an engineer? How are we going to try to get an investor? Like, you have all of these questions. But I think just kind of starting and going and and doing and then figuring it out as you go is kind of like the best thing you can do. Because You could have all those questions like the what ifs, but if you don't try, you may never know if that's actually like possible. And it's just like building a product, right? Like sometimes users might tell you like, oh, I want this. I really want this feature. And then you actually go to launch it and realize that people actually wanted like this part of the product, not the thing that they were saying, you know? So I feel like it's just a matter of trying it out and and just remembering that you can always continue to iterate and adjust till it feels right. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have too much to add to that. But, you know, everything that you're saying, Anthony, is, is exactly right. It's not being afraid to fail. Like, not not just yeah. not afraid to fail, but actually embracing failure mm-hmm. is a little different than, like, not being afraid mm-hmm. of it. It's like bringing it in, welcoming it, knowing that failure is part of the process. It's you yeah. learn those things. It's, it's not a bad thing to fail. It's not good if you're, you know, you dig your heels in and you're not willing to change because that's how most companies go downhill is that they are locked in on an idea. They're not willing to pivot at all. Case in point, there was a lady across the street from me who was actually starting a little business and it was a lovely, it was a lovely business. And she was creating kind of these pies and things and, and very small menu of options, but they were great. Like they were all like really great things. And she insisted on only having drip coffee. I said to her at one point, I said, you know, boy, this place could be awesome if you just invested in like, not a huge espresso machine, but my goodness, if you just have like, (laughs) A little Nespresso machine and some milk. Boy, wouldn't people just like come here every day to stop and get their latte or this or that? Like instead of maybe going, because we were like right in a very residential area. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I, you know, I was told that you have to stick to your business plan. You got to stick to your business plan, and and that's not in my business plan for at least the first two years. And I was like. Hmm. <laughs> You know, and I was like, well, there you go. And, you know, she was out of business in a year. She was, she had to pack it up. And, you know, sometimes being stubborn, you know, you don't want to be stubborn. You really want to like, you know, listen. Yeah. Uh, And to what you're saying is, is pivot when you hear that feedback and go, you know what? I was wrong. I thought this, or I thought that, but that's not right. And sometimes we have so much money invested that we just feel like, oh my gosh, we're so afraid that we feel like we can't, like we're just handcuffed to this idea, but we never are. We never are. There always is like a door that's open. Sometimes you just have to look that way. Sometimes we're not looking (laughs) at it. And so that's, uh, that's kind of like my biggest piece of advice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
like I said, it's it's like there's like a chasm, right? You're just trying to jump over and you don't even know what's on the other side, right? I guess it's all a risk, right? I mean, life is a risk. And I think taking risks, it's so pertinent and indispensable in the field of business, right? Entrepreneurship. But I want to know, given that it is Nurses Week, there's so many nursing students or new grads or maybe even senior nurses out there who are like, I am so tired and burnt out of the situation I am in, in the unit I am in, in the facility I am in. And I have this idea of a business within the nursing field. How do you get from that pigment of thought to an actual tangible business? What Mm -hmm. is the process to that? Yes. It's a loaded question. (laughs) Um, I feel like I always have the same advice when I get asked this. And I'm sure, you know, I mean, I asked Kara this too when I was starting. And, you know, people ask me this all the time too. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, an idea is just an idea, right? Like you could have a billion dollar idea, but until you're really taking action to like actually bring that to life one way or the other, whether it's super, super scrappy, like minimal viable product or, you know, going out there and just selling the idea, like you really you don't have anything. It's just going to, it's just an idea, right? Everyone has ideas. So I, I think, you know, my advice or kind of what I would say to someone who's like, I have this idea. I want to start something. I just haven't really started. You got to go out there and you got to start building your network. You got to get on LinkedIn. You got to message people. You got to try to get advice. You got to connect with people who have built something similar. Start a website, start talking to nurses about it. Build a super, super simple prototype of your idea whether it's literally on paper and just go show your colleagues it and get their feedback. And by doing those little actions, they can add up and actually start creating momentum of starting. But the craziest part is I think that is honestly like the hardest part is like doing those little things when you're just starting. It's so vulnerable because you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm sharing my idea with people. Like it feels like, oh, like someone might copy my idea or, oh, like, I don't know if it's ready yet. But you got to just get out there and start. And then again, iterate and do all the things that we had just talked about. And I think leaning into your nursing kind of core foundations, you know, like as a nurse, like we do that all the time for our patients. Like we have limited information. We have to use empathy with our patient to try to understand what they're going through, evaluating like all of those same foundational nursing processes are, are really kind of the same thing you would do to get your idea started. But just remember, you're not going to have all the answers. Like I started this light with no experience. Like (laughs) I did not even know what went into manufacturing a product. And, you know, a light's pretty simple. So I was like, I feel like we could probably figure this out. But I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) supply chain and shipping and importing and taxes, all of these things. But um, again, just starting and figuring it out. Absolutely. To all of that, I usually tell people, that I had to stay ignorant enough to move forward. <laughs> like, meaning, like, I had to, to not know enough because, like, I talk to people who have, like, gone to business school, they've done this, and they're like, oh, you know that the percentage of, of startups that fail is public, you know, and they give you this percentage. And I'm like, man, if I had known that, I probably wouldn't have gone forward, you know? So, I mean, there's a little bit of, like, naivete, right, that you, like, embrace where you're like, I don't know. I guess I was just stupid enough to go forward and yeah. then maybe lucky enough to have like maybe some brains to go along with it. But, but I also think that they kind of oversimplifies things a little bit, but I think to what Anthony is saying is that I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is keeping their idea in a bubble. They're mm-hmm. afraid of sharing it because they're afraid it will get stolen. 
And the first breath of life you put into an idea is the sharing of it. That is literally that first breath that you give it. And so once you put it out there, once you say it to somebody, once you say it to more people, once you start talking to somebody next to you on a plane and you say, I have this idea, all of a sudden this this idea becomes real. You feel it become real. And you're like, I feel like I have this, I feel like I have this thing. Like this thing is already kind of living and breathing. And, and then you name it at some point. And, you know, like once you name something, well, then you got to keep it, you know? So <laughs> it's like having like a stray dog, right? Like, you, you know, once you name it, well, it's yours. That's so true. I love that. Right. You know, so I've actually said to people sometimes, I'm like, even if it's not like the name you're going to keep, Mm-hmm. You could name it, give it a name. Yeah. Like, you know, you yeah. had like the Lumify, you know, Caroline, it's not the name you kept. I had my nurse's station was like the first, way too long of a name. Who's going to put that on an app? You know, like way too long, but I named it. Yeah. Right. So, so sometimes I think that's one of the first steps. What makes you too special is that you're not just entrepreneurs, not just within the world of business, but you are nursepreneurs, right? You are nurses first and continue to be nurses. And I wanted to pick on this next question. I was scrolling to TikTok a few weeks ago, and I think it was Anthony who posted it. And someone commented, oh, but you are not a nurse, right? There, there was a comment like that, right? Because he's an entrepreneur, not within the clinical setting. I think that's what the comment was trying to connotate, right? Now, my question is, as nursepreneurs, obviously you are nurses first, how does the world of nurse entrepreneurship cater to the world of nursing? How is it still nursing for maybe a nursing student who's like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur one day, but I'm scared that I will lose my clinical skills or I won't feel like I'm a nurse. What would be your answer to those students? Yes, the TikTok comments definitely will say a lot of things like that. I think you know, you you can just get told when you're working full time on your business, like, oh, you're not a nurse anymore. Like nurses only work at the bedside. Like if you're not providing patient care, like you're not a nurse. Or I've had the flip side of that too, where I'm out pitching my company and people say, but you're just a nurse. You're just a nurse. How could you be building this tech company that you have these huge visions for? And yeah, so I was to just take a deep breath and say, okay, you know, time for some nursing education for you. <laughs> gonna have to do some patient teach back here. But yeah, to answer your question, I think that it really surprises me, honestly, even every day I'm doing this is like how much of like my daily task honestly always stems back to like nurse 101, you know, and I know I've already said this a few times in the live, but even today, like I had a user interview with a nurse. Mm-hmm. So one, I'm like talking to nurses, I'm like still very pertinent in the nursing world, talking to nurses about, you know, burnout and Mm -hmm. staffing and things that can help them, like all of the topics still in the world. So just having that foundational knowledge, like from bedside is very kind of pertinent still to like my daily conversations. That's one. Two is that empathy, you know, we're serving nurses and healthcare workers directly. So we're not directly impacting patient care. But I always say, like, we're the nurses of nurses, you know, like, who's going to nurse the nurses, right? Because nurses deserve to be cared for, just like nurses care for their patients. So I always kind of think of my role as that, like, oh, we're just nursing nurses and healthcare workers. Like, we're asking them how they're feeling. We're asking what we can do to build for them to make their lives easier or or make their shift a little bit easier, right? And having that empathy, I think, is very much what a nurse does on the day to day. Um, and same with education, same with innovating, same with critical thinking and triaging. It's all I do all day is triage. Mm-hmm. Literally, I'm like, my report <laughs> sheet is now my to-do list. 
And I'm constantly triaging between probably like 25 patients at once because I literally do everything, but just like a nurse, right? At bedside. So I would say it literally is pretty much everything throughout my day. It obviously looks a little bit different. You know, I'm sitting at my desk, I'm maybe going for meetings and, and maybe that's not exactly the same as like bedside. But I think again, those skills are still super, super relevant. And at the end of the day, I feel like I'm, I'm still caring and kind of using my nursing skill set to still care and impact people, which I think ultimately is like the core of a nurse. Yeah, agreed. Well, I started an IV this morning, so guess what? Like, I'm still. <laughs> uh, Love. So, so the thing is, is that I think that every time you make a transition, right? So when I went from being in the acute care setting, I remember thinking to myself, well, you know, I don't know, I'm going to go into home health and are people going to really see me as like a real nurse anymore? You know, I, I'm not like in the thick of it, like with the alarms and the bells going off and rushing around and, you know, adrenaline and the, this, and, you know, the interdisciplinary care and, you know, what you see yourself doing as a nurse, like when you're in nursing school and you're like, well, that's, you know, that's where I see myself. I see myself there. And it's not until later that you start to actually explore that there's other things out there. I found that like when I went into home health that I loved it because I actually got to be the nurse I wanted to be. I had all this one-on-one time. I wasn't, there was nothing distracting me. There was no one calling me and asking me to transport a patient or bring in anything else. Like all of a sudden I felt like, oh my gosh, this is great. This is great nursing. And I felt like a better nurse. And then I went into hospice and and the same, the type of time and attention and care that I could give was so much better and so much more rewarding. And I was like, boy, I don't know why it took me so long (laughs) to like, to go into these other areas. But like, I totally had that identity crisis. I had an identity crisis. And then of course, then I went into entrepreneurship and then now I'm in, in a corporate role where like I'm the VP of community and still very in touch with nurses and what they're doing. But to what you're saying, Anthony, very, very involved in caring for these nurses, caring for the nurses. Like my role, my nursing role has just shifted. Yeah. yeah. It's like, who, who's my patient? Well, the nurses are my patients. Like yeah. there's a lot of them, man. There's like, I got 4 million patients. It's a lot of patients. <laughs> Talk about yeah. a nurse-patient ratio that's a little out of whack, man. <laughs> No, literally. You know, so I would say that we keep moving into a different direction, but we're just caring for different people in a different way. And you can always dabble, you know, like I have a patient that I've been seeing for eight years. He has kidney transplant patient. He's my pro bono guy. I've been seeing him every month for eight years since his kidney transplant. And I keep doing it. And I have a couple of other people that I see randomly that also like, you know, get, get some treatments and here and there. So there's nothing to stop you from continuing or even doing mission work. If you wanted to do mission work, you can do that. It's like, you can still utilize your skills if you want to. I mean, it's so beautiful. I mean, our good friend, Katie Duke, she shared a few years ago, I think there was a time where she shared online that she was doing mostly mentorship and going around the countries for conferences. And she shared that a person commented saying, oh, so you're no longer a nurse? And she was like, well, let's get back to the root definition of what a nurse is, which is about caring and serving others, right? And that has a different definition and manifestation for different people. For some, it might be caring for 
the ill, right, and the and the bedside. For some, it'd be caring for students through teaching them as a professor, as an educator. For some, it's caring for the actual nurses through entrepreneurship, right, creating products or creating a community where everyone can benefit from. And I think that's what you two do beautifully. I mean, it's such necessary and pertinent work. And I think beyond the products that Annie proposed and has created and Nurse.com as well with the amazing app, which I love, and all the groups in it. I think at the end of the day, it all roots down to creating something that nurses need the most, which is community, right? Nursing can be very isolating, especially if you work, work, work. It's like you get detached from your social life, from your friends, from your family. And yeah. sometimes friends who are not in healthcare, they don't want to hear about about the pound of blood that I saw, <laughs> the, you know, no one wants to hear yeah. that at the dinner table, but nurses are okay with it. I mean, that's what we're used to or things that are very common to the nursing profession, whether inside or outside the clinical. And so let's just thank you for both for what you do with your platforms. I wanted to know what is your goal for your brands, both Kara and Anthony? Oh, well, that's so kind. I love that. And thank you for sharing our stories too. And I think it's just always really nice to just have these types of conversations that, you know, are different roles that nurses can take. And I feel like that honestly makes our profession stronger is when people can see that nurses are so versatile and are doing so many different things in Congress and law and Mm -hmm. everywhere. I think it, it makes our profession like stronger. But yes, so in terms of kind of our vision, I guess my vision for ADNI, I think the first is really to support other businesses founded by healthcare workers. So this has kind of started happening naturally as we evolved into a marketplace. Before we knew it, over 70% of the brands in our marketplace were founded by healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just naturally happened because healthcare workers build the best tools and resources for healthcare workers. Like we know what we need better than anyone Mm -hmm. because we've lived it firsthand. So I think, yeah, number one, it's just continuing to create an ecosystem that can support healthcare workers who want to launch their own products or resources and just really make it for healthcare workers by healthcare workers. And then the second is really to help healthcare workers save money This has been like a much bigger focus for us now. I think one thing that always really surprised me, especially as a new grad nurse, is like how much nurses spend on their own gear and resources, like thousands of dollars. And our kind of ultimate vision is to really have employers be able to kind of help offset some of those out-of-pocket expenses and kind of providing our platform as like a benefits perk or a way to just support nurses and healthcare workers. So that's kind of been something we've now been piloting and focused on. We have a few travel nursing agencies that are actually providing our marketplace as like a rewards system for their nurses and helping us save money, you know, still access what we need, but hopefully not have to spend all of our own money to get it. So that's kind of where we're headed. And it's been a wild ride to get there. But I'm excited to just continue building and so grateful for the opportunity to do so. That's amazing. Just for me personally, it's been just a a wonderful experience watching Anthony and Jennifer just move from like the really the beginning stages, like all the way through to where they are today is just very satisfying for me and you guys have done an incredible job and are the epitome of what a nursepreneur does which is tons and tons of pivoting but all in the right direction you're like just moving 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 in the right direction which is so incredible so my hat's off to you my friend and thank you Chris for like having you know yes us on 
this with you and I love your podcast and I'm very, very excited that this gets to be like on your podcast as well. So thank you so much for having us. Nurse.com, for me, it was like a dream come true that we got to come, that Holly Blue, which was a social media network for nurses, was able to come over and be part of something that was like so much bigger, but also lent itself in all the right ways. You know, nurse.com already had so many things like continuing education, which is something that nurses always need. They've always been kind of a trusted industry resource, you know, in terms of their news and their blogs. And they've been around forever, decades, (laughs) you know, starting out as Nursing Spectrum Mm -hmm. Magazine and Nursing magazine, like, you know, Nurse Week magazine, like back in the nineties and then coming together to create a baby called nurse.com. And so they've been around for so long. So having that kind of like solid foundation is wonderful. So, you know, we have job opportunities and all of these things. So being able to kind of like be that nurse life all in one place is really what I think we're we're trying to do and creating partnerships with companies like Adney and creating partnerships with anyone who is out there doing awesome things and bringing that all together into kind of like an ecosystem and making sure that, you know, hey, if you're looking for that next job opportunity, maybe like nurse.com is where you want to come look. You know, if you're looking for industry news, maybe like nurse.com is like what you have pop up on your computer screen every day. look at like what's going on and trending, you know, and if you're looking for continuing education or peer support, you know, that you know that you can rely on that and also know that like we are working to create partnerships with other companies that are doing amazing things and that we will make sure you know about companies like Adney Mm -hmm. and, and any other company out there that's, that's doing something awesome. So I think that's our vision really. Yeah. I mean, I must say that I love the continuing education courses in nurse.com. I needed recently to renew my nursing license for California. So I've never used it, but I've always jumped up moving to California and working there. So we'll see within the next few years. But amazing C courses, which I love. So thank you for that. And I guess as a final question, you know, we talk about so many beautiful things about nursepreneurship and just the field of nursing and also, I guess the feeling of like privilege of being able to care for others in whatever setting and whichever mode and aspect it might be, right? But on the flip side of that, it being Nurses Week, we also want to, I guess, elevate the transparency of the brokenness of the system, the healthcare system that we are in, right? I mean, I guess, especially over the past few years, we've been hearing about outcries for nurse staffing ratios and pay and obviously underappreciation and even physical injury towards nurses, right? A hopeful pre-nursing student or a nursing student is wondering if entering the field of nursing is still even worth it, despite all the brokenness Mm -hmm. of the system. What would be your message to that nursing student? Yeah, I understand. It is, it's rough out there for sure. And I think that, you know, I actually just made a TikTok about this today, actually, for International Nurses Day, which was basically about, you know, there are so many hurdles and adversity that's facing the nursing profession. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's so important that we speak up about, you know, injustices and things that we're struggling with to raise awareness, to move the needle, to make progress in improving things. But I also can understand how for a potential nursing student coming into the field, how that can feel really overwhelming. You know, when you're 
looking up nursing on Google and every headline is staffing and burnout and injury, as you said, like nurses getting hurt on the job, etc. So I understand how that's very overwhelming. I think what I would say to them is the reason that everyone is speaking up about it is because nurses are some of the most resilient and passionate people. And we're speaking up because we care so deeply about our profession. We care so deeply about our patients. And, you know, that's the reason why healthcare will never stop us. Like we will continue to fight to have the best outcomes for our patients, the best outcomes for each other, because that is like, you know, what nurses do, you know? So I think that to just answer why there is so much noise, that is it. It's because of our passion. It's because of our resilience. And there always is a path that will be right for you in nursing. You know, you can do so much in nursing. It's literally crazy. I mean, I was a nurse, barely worked bedside. And then I started a business and I'm still a nurse. You know, I still have my license and now I'm working as a nurse entrepreneur. You know, there are nurses in every sector of society. There's nurses that can go back to school. You can go do literally anything. Nursing is like the best launching pad. So I would just really remember that is our biggest strength. And really kind of viewing all of the noise in the nursing world as the passion and resilience that nurses have. I agree. I think I'm kind of like a hopeless romantic in this way. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, call me crazy, but I think that this is when you see change happen, right? Right now it's loud. Like what Anthony just said, it's loud. You hear so much about what's going on. And, but you know, it's always like, you know, when you hear that there's the, like the quiet before the storm, like we're in the storm. Okay. Like there's only up from here. Okay. You can only go up from here, people. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. So yes, we're hearing all kinds of like the worst Mm -hmm. of it. Right. But that's just because these nurses are making a lot of noise and, and people just haven't for a long time. And I'm actually gonna, you know, I know the millennials get a tough rap. Okay. A lot. You know, they, they always talk about the millennials and oh, they don't, you know, they don't want to work as hard and they don't want to do all that we do. And, you know, but I also, I think that the millennials have brought some insight into this field and they, and they basically, they walked in and they looked around and they were like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Hold up. (laughs) This is what you all have been dealing with. Like what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah. and, you know, some of the more seasoned nurses are like, oh, you know, you just can't hack it. You're not strong mm-hmm. enough. You don't have thick enough skin. You don't have whatever, you know, but they were really the one that said this emperor has no clothes, you know, and, and suddenly like now more people are noticing that the emperor doesn't have any clothes. <laughs> and so we're starting to realize and, and talk about it. And this is when change happens. And I think that we are on the precipice of some really remarkable changes. I think that, you know, these hospital systems, these healthcare systems, they are feeling the pain right now. They are really feeling it. And they're like, wow, we have got to do something. And for a while, they just didn't know what to do. And they just relied on this or that or one thing or the other thing. And now they're realizing that like, maybe the whole thing just needs to like come down and like build it back up. Right. So I think that have hope you know, really just, you know, have hope. And if you're in nursing school, make sure that you are having, you have a mentor, find a mentor. You can come into the app and find a mentor here over at nurse.com. I'm sure somebody's going to willing to help you and really have that kind of support from early on so that when you get into the nursing profession, you're not alone and you have somebody that 
it's maybe outside of the hospital where you're working because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's good to have someone on the outside that's your mentor, not necessarily like your preceptor. It's good to have somebody at the hospital too, but like have that support early as you. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Well, those are beautiful points. And it's just amazing because how Adney and Nurse Alcom both contribute to those changes that we want to see, right? Especially in the, I, I think it's been for so long, we're hearing like, oh, the nurses eat their young. Oh, this, this or that. But through these companies, the Annie Promos and also through the nurse.com, I mean, people, you have to check out all of the conversation going on in the nurse.com app. It's like, I love it. It's, it's like a Facebook for nurses, right? It's like you create a family with inside the app and it really contributes to the changes you want to see when it comes to community, right? really tight knitting the nursing profession. Honestly, there's nothing like the nursing profession. Like like Anthony said, you can do so much with it, right? I, mean, I was even surprised that you can work as a nurse in this and that, in the stadium and this facility. Uh, like, yes. like, whoa, a flight nursing? And I'm like, whoa, this is such an amazing profession. And both of you just add to the beauty of it. And it's such an honor to hear both of your stories and just to hear from both of you. I am, I am so honored and humbled. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, the feeling is mutual, my friend. Thank yes. Well, thank you so much. This was such a lovely conversation. Like all my face and a great way to end Nurses Week tour. But you know, we're going to keep the party going. And the nurse.com app, we'll go over there. I'll keep the party going. We had a huge party. <laughs> the yeah, we need we need to set up another party. Come to the East Coast. Yes, yes. yes. I think we should. Sarah and Anthony, again, thank you so much, and I can't wait to hear more from both of you. And this is not the last time that we'll have another conversation. For sure. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thanks Bye. so much for having In this world of social media that places so much physical critique and pressure on maintaining a youthful appearance against all environmental odds, the skincare and beauty industries have succumbed to a myriad of anti-aging practices. However, the covert fact is that beauty is timeless and that aging is a privilege. Regents, an inclusive wellness brand, seeks to promote this ritual of well-aging, understanding that it is connectivity with the body and attentive care given to it as it changes including our skin. Founded by Filipino-American Giulio Rizio, Regents introduces the all-encompassing serum, created to target the concerns of maturing melanated skin by utilizing a blend of healing botanicals used by our ancestors and select clinically proven active ingredients. From the brightening Ayurvedic licorice root to the soothing Centella Asiatica and hydrating green algae, welcome to the journey of fueling skin health and enhancing not changing your natural shade. With the code FRANZ, that's F-R-A-N-Z, you can get 15% off your first order on regionswellness.com. Experience the power of mixing native wisdom with modern-day science. Do you have any guilty pleasures? I have one. Boba. Given that the average cafe-made milk tea has over 100 calories per serving, over 20 grams of high glycemic sugar, and is packed with artificial flavors, I am so glad that the Guilty Days are over with Twirl, the world's first canned plant-based milk tea. With only 45 to 50 calories per serving and containing 6 to 7 grams of low glycemic sweeteners, Twirl is made with pea milk, the most sustainable plant-based milk on the market, regenerating the soil where it comes from. 
Fair Trade and Organic are the names of the game, as the teas are sourced from biodiverse family farms in China, Japan, and Taiwan that practice sustainable farming techniques. No artificial flavors are ever used. From four different flavors to ready-to-eat plant-based konjac and boba pearls, let's enjoy tasty, creamy, shelf-stable, and healthy milk tea together for 10% off using the code FRANZ10, that's F-R-A-N-Z-1-0, on twirlmilktea.com. Twirl around in its goodness. Growing up, I was ashamed of my Asian heritage. Classmates would comment about the lunch my grandma cooked, other kids would make fun of my eyes, and even some adults today would tell me to go back to where I came from. But where do I really belong? Who really am I? Am I not American enough? Highlighting the year of the first documented arrival of Asian Americans in North America, 1587 Sneakers seeks to shine the spotlight on Asian American stories and demonstrate to the world the extraordinary breadth of our passions and achievements. Made with full-grain natural Italian leather by Fowair Artisans, 100% biodegradable natural rubber outsole, calf leather interior lining for comfort and good smells, and waxed cotton laces for longer-lasting cleanliness, these premium sneakers combine the highest quality, an array of timeless designs, and the movement to be authentically who you are. With the code FRANZ15, that's lowercase f-r-a-n-z-1-5, you can get 15% off your first order on 1587sneakers.com. Step into embracing your identity without hiding. Express yourself unapologetically. Good morning. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Chris. Nice, nice to, meet to meet you finally you. through the Good. screen. Me too. You're all the way on the West Coast, right? <laughs> Today I'm in San Diego. Sunny oh my gosh, Diego, you know, so I recently came from Cali and I really <laughs> wanted to visit San Diego. I think the farthest I visited was San Marcos. So, you know, there's so many things to talk about. I think there's Nurses Week, right? Like, you're like, oh, let's appreciate nurses and obviously all the great work that nurses do. But there's also a whole world within healthcare and nursing that's not really talked about, right? That's not really amplified, which is a lot of the things we'll be talking about today. But first, if you could first introduce yourself to everyone. Thank you so much again for joining. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor coming from someone who has listened to you and all your viewers and your podcast. So yeah, super excited to be here. But my name is Tamara Al-Yassin. I am the CEO of The Nursing Beat. Or a digital media company that focuses on content specifically for nurses and allied healthcare professionals. I'm a nurse myself. I've been a nurse 11 years now. So this is the first year of mine <laughs> transitioning out of bedside. So it's been an official year out of bedside um, and in an executive role. So yeah. it's been a definitely I mean, a I wild ride. <laughs> I mean, I must say that yeah. I love the Nursing Beat newsletter. And my friends noticed that oh. I hate getting like daily emails and i'm like unsubscribe unsubscribe yeah but i look forward to the nursing newsletter every single day oh. i'm like there's something to look forward to and you know we'll talk more about that but i wanted to go more into your experience and your journey as a nurse where did this inspiration come from to go into yeah. this field of nursing oh man i was one of the lucky ones that went straight out of high school I did a bunch of stuff, honestly, in high school to try and figure out what I wanted to do. And I was like good at science and I loved having chats with people and developing relationships. So it just kind of fell into place that that I had chose nursing. 
obviously at the time it was really hard to get into programs. So that was a bit of a challenge, but I kind of knew right away just through volunteering in the hospitals, I was watching the nurses and I was like, this is really what I want to do. This is some work that's like beyond like calling it a profession is not even enough, you know? Yeah, so, um, yeah definitely. Yeah, I mean, like I even it. the road to nursing is so long, right? Like from high school and then you do undergrad and then you do all of the training as a work as a nurse. And then I know you've been in the biz for a decade now within nursing. Do you have any regrets in pursuing <laughs> the field? Honestly, as insane as it is, no. Like, I do not see myself having done anything else. Yeah. I think it set me up for entrepreneurship in a way that I never realized. I don't think we talk about it. I think nurses make the best entrepreneurs because of the difficulty in our profession. Our resilience like far exceeds the standard of people. There are different moments that I regret, but overall yeah, going into yeah, nursing, yeah. zero. I, I, agree, I agree with that. And I think yeah. at the end of the day, I feel like no matter how chaotic or how like, oh, this is the worst shift ever. It's still like a sense of fulfillment and reward, right? And I guess the privilege yeah. to be able to take care of others and be so in tune with people's lives, even just for a shift. Like, I think it's so beautiful. And I wanted to talk more about like your work as a nurse in the emergency room, right? Yeah. I, I was with another live stream the other day with Stephanie Beggs, who is a nurse educator. She's also an emergency room nurse. Mm -hmm. And I told her that I just Amazing. don't think yeah. I could do it. Like the amount of chaos, like... <laughs> For me, I'm just like, why is my patient awake? Why are they not? <laughs> why are they not on a drip? Like, what's going on? Can you tell me about your journey in the emergency room? Yeah, I mean, so I graduated. <laughs> oh man, I feel like this is going to date me in 2012, I think. Uh, and the market at the time was terrible. Like, you could not get a job. You really had to take what you got. And I luckily got placed in the ER as a new grad, which is like not heard of. Usually you have to go to another unit prior. At the time, I'm going to be honest, like you were saying, being a student and a new grad is some of the most difficult moments of being a nurse. My first year, I'm going to be totally straight. I did not like it. I thought I was going to quit. I worked at a burn center as well. So it was it was really intense. And I remember going home to my family thinking like, what did yeah. I do? <laughs> you know, like, but I will say this, there is a unit for everybody or a type of nursing job for everyone. I really think we have to like personality test new grads. There are different personalities for different departments and you are meant to be somewhere and you might not know. For me, I always say this, I really like working with like younger teenagers and young adults. I had a really hard teenage time. Like I was super rebellious. I was one of those annoying teenagers and I felt like I never belonged. And when I got to the ED, like everything that maybe people didn't like translated mm -hmm. to being the best ER nurse I could be. So you really like have to find your calling and you're right. It's not, it's not for everyone. <laughs> I love the chaos. So I'm all, yeah. I'm all I, in it and the drama. Yeah, I agree <laughs> but, with the personality um, test. Yeah. I don't know if you watched or read the book Divergent, the Divergent series. Oh, it's basically no, like, I haven't. I, I think you should. I should mean, I? I think just one aspect of it, it's like, <laughs> I think the young adults of the community, they're put into factions, I think is what they were called. And it's like, if you are like, it's kind of like the houses in, in the Harry Potter. It's like, you're sorted into a faction. You're sorted oh, into yes. a faction. 
Yeah, and in my mind, I'm like, I tell my friends, just like, there should be something like that for a new grad nurses where there's a test where would I be the best IC nurse or the best ER nurse or the best non-clinical nurse ever, right? Yeah, I think yeah. it would like help the hospital systems too, right? Because like if you put place people where they'll be happy and they'll yeah. succeed the most, chances are like they'll stay. So I think that front end work is so important. It's yeah, just, yeah. I mean, I have not heard of something like that. I don't think we have it yet, but maybe Chris, you and I are going to like host our first Harry Potter, like hat. Every nurse this like, week, right? We, hat, we, um... Probably like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, uh, a picture that we use for the patients to use it as a hat. It's like, oh, emergency room. <laughs> Who knows? But you know, I mean, I mean, it's yeah. all the chaos. Yeah. I, I mean, you obviously love being emergency room nurse. I was curious, like, what about the emergency department, I guess, cultivated your philosophies as a nurse? Like, things that the emergency room taught you about the field of nursing as a whole? Honestly, the best part is what I learned personally about myself and the growth I had. I've learned so much from the people around me. I feel like I grew exponentially as a human being. Like, the empathy I've had, the way it translated into my own family and personal life, like, mm-hmm just to not take things for granted, to not be afraid. I think we humans a lot of times respond based on fear, but fear is just like a symptom. If you can push through it, you could like really do anything. And I think being in the ER sort of taught me that. Like I was at first obviously was so scared. Like what what's happening? Yeah. There's traumas coming in. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but now like I've learned so much about life. And I mm-hmm. think that's what makes nurses yeah. like yeah. the yeah, nursing profession. Yeah. I don't know if you heard the ambulance yeah. behind me. It's like, oh, it, um, there's just like a, no. a loud ambulance. It just knows that I'm talking to an emergency room nurse right now. Hi, team. Like, um, Hi, I team. wanted to know what caused that switch from outside the bedside, outside of the hospital into an entrepreneurial role. Yeah, it's a great question. So I was working full time in the ER during the pandemic. Obviously, it was exhausting. I felt the burnout. And I'm very much the type of person like I want to do things that I can control, right? So I thought I need to get ahead of this because I know I know I'm going to get to this like juncture where I'm just going to leave. And I don't want to like fully leave the profession. I just need Mm -hmm. to leave the ED. So I applied for business school and graduated actually last year from USC in Southern California with my MBA. That was also one of the hardest two years of my life. I was working full-time still because I didn't want to take loans out and then going to school full-time, like taking 18 units. It like definitely, definitely challenged everything for me, especially like I knew I needed the skills too, right? So Mm -hmm. I needed like accounting Mm -hmm. skills, finance skills, marketing skills. We don't get that. So I needed the formal training and then... I got this opportunity to take over as a CEO and I literally left the bedside in two weeks. I was still in school and yeah, it was the best decision, honestly, I've ever made, but it was super Mm -hmm. scary. I left everything behind. Like I don't say this often, but I left a job that was very secure for a Mm -hmm. company that had three months of funding and we had to raise capital within three months. Like it was last year was insane, but it like, again, it's like the nursing skills, triage, triage, move on, like (laughs) blow out this fire. Okay. We're moving on to the next. So yeah, yeah. It's been such a a fulfilling year and I've definitely put the work in and I'm really happy I did because 
I was getting to a point where I thought like, I don't mm-hmm. want to hate being a nurse. Like yeah, the last thing yeah, you yeah. want to do is I mean, get there. Before we you talk know? about the nursing bee, you know, I, I want to touch more upon what you just said, yeah. which is so beautiful. I guess even prior to the pandemic, right? Burnout, nursing burnout was a very viable and valid feeling and season and nurses' lives, right? It's definitely not an easy job, right? No matter which unit, no matter which facility or what no. discipline within nursing. What would you say to a nurse or especially, I guess, a new nurse, right? Who's entering the workforce and like, wow, this is the worst thing ever um, based on their belief, right? And it's like, yeah. I want yeah. to get out of the bedside and I want to do something that may not be so sure and may not be so secured. Based on your experiences and the lessons that you've learned and the skills you've put and acquired during the past, three and two tumultuous years. What would be your advice to that fearful nurse? Yeah, that's such a good question. I think like there's a special place in my heart for these new grads now and students, especially with the pandemic, the new grads that had like a lack of clinical skills. I mean, there's there's so much like the health system, the nurses that are training mm-hmm. them are super burned out. So how could you even be positive? Yeah, it's really tough. And I do think actually seeking out other opportunities while mm-hmm. you're still bedside is so important. It's what I did. So mm-hmm. like my number one is meet people. Like when I started this job, I DM'd everybody on Instagram, like, Hey, talk to me. Like I went on LinkedIn, I found all these nurse entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and I was like, can you talk to me? Tell me about your journey. I think like a lot of research first is needed to go into like asking the right questions of like what is possible even having like a a Mm -hmm. robust LinkedIn account I got a consulting job while I was bedside for a pharmaceutical company and even understanding like what that means like what does it mean to be a consultant what do you do why would they even want to talk to a nurse but understanding like all these different roles is so so important it's kind of where the nursing beat comes in too because I want nurses to see that there are other opportunities. You can stay bedside and you can leave. You could do a bit of both. There's so, so much available. I I guess it's so scary to take that leap, right? I mean, especially, I guess, the bedside is where, you know, I guess a full-time job and then the the pay is there, right? You get insurance, you get your benefits and to venture out into something that, I mean, even like nurse entrepreneurship or, even things like nurse informatics or anything outside the clinical, it's like kind of like murky waters for many yeah. nurses, right? Because it, it, it's like, oh my gosh, what do I do if it's yeah. not clinical, right? And and it can be a very scary venture, yeah. but I agree with everything you say. And I think sometimes it's just like time to do it, right? You just have to step out and, and just do it, right? And if yeah. you're you're scared, like you're living, you know, like there's a certain yeah. amount of fear and scared that's healthy, I think being settled yeah, yeah. doesn't. I mean, and now talking about growth. the nursing beat, like, I mean, can you tell everyone who may not know what this beautiful platform is all about? Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, uh, super exciting. The nursing beat, we offer a daily digital short form newsletter. So, much like if you read Robin Hood Snacks, Morning Brew, Skim, we are basically that for nurses and allied healthcare professionals. The premise is that like we're a nurse driven team and we know that you don't have time to sift through the depths of content on social within research and advocacy and legal. And so we sort of do that work for you so that you can read your updates in like max five 
minutes, really three minutes or less. It's something I wish I had and our entire team is nurses. And so it really was built on the premise that like, we needed this resource when we were bedside and, and even outside of bedside. And yeah, it's been super, super fulfilling and yeah, exciting. I wanted to, to ask like, grow. how does it feel and how is it working with a team that's all nurses? I mean, it's like, it's like the A to you, right? <laughs> uh, I honestly, so when I started, we didn't, we had to build it. And I was like, this doesn't feel right. Like this is for nurses. It needs to be by nurses. And I need like all of my people around me, just like when you have a shift and you need all your nurses. It's honestly the best feeling. I feel like it's not even a job. Like I feel like I work with my best friends, my mentors, my confidants. Like it, it really is like such, such a pleasure. And it's so much easier actually leaving bedside because I'm still with all my people. Yeah, yeah. It's just in a different and environment. So can you tell us like how it works, the format of the newsletter, which there's actually a lot of parts which is so interesting and so fun, right? Can you take us on a guide yeah. and a magic school bus guided to like the parts of the newsletter? <laughs> yeah, we well, I will preface this by saying that we are actually coming out with a full rebrand. And I'm so excited. It looks so good from a design perspective, content perspective, everything. We've like literally thought of everything top to bottom of how like it would benefit a nurse. So I will preface what I'm saying by telling you wait for June because yeah, I'm super excited. But yeah, our newsletter comes out five days a week, actually. It's Monday through Friday. One of the biggest parts of the newsletter that I love is that we humanize it. So like you see content, right? But like who's writing it? Who's behind all of these companies? We like literally put a face to who is writing our content. Most of them are nurses. I want to say like 85% of our writers are nurses. So that's like a big, big part of the newsletter. And we also pull in nurses that own their own business or are, have specialties in different fields to write content for us, which is huge because I don't know everything. Like I am absolutely not an expert. Neither is like our team, but why reinvent the wheel? Like pull in these like really great nurse entrepreneurs and writers who know their stuff and can give us great tips. And in a language like that, we understand and trust. So for instance, financial wellness, I think is, it should be a big piece of our content. We focus on it for sure. But like bring in like a Chase Banker to teach you about financial wellness, or do you want a nurse who like you understand to teach you and talk to you like in a trusted voice? So for us, it's so much about yeah. the authenticity and it seems within through the, the screen, you know, and it really does. I mean... Yeah. I think it's just so pertinent that we deliver like all of this information in a very digestible manner, right? I, I wanted to ask you that, like, yeah. why do you think it's so important that for busy people like nurses, why is it so important that we get updated news like five days a week? I think that there's multiple answers to this, right? The like easy one is to say you're delivering care to your patients. It's, you know, for safety, for just advancement in your profession. It's always good to stay up to date. And then there's like that other part that's like beyond that of the healthcare is so complicated and it's so fragmented. And obviously we're in like a very negative time. So how do we provide a platform to give you options and to give you mm -hmm. professional development opportunities, places where you can network? I think that's like building the community has been one of the most important parts about this newsletter of like, 
oh, this, this nurse is hosting this event for networking mm-hmm. because they want X, Y, and Z. We host it. Like mm-hmm. we'll host it on our platform for them. We'll show up. I think it's really about mm-hmm. like building the community through content that has become one yeah. of the most you know, important Even elements. outside of the newsletter and the website, you have blog posts, right? You have more of like long form stories and mm-hmm. articles of things like for burnout and staffing and um, care and mental health. With yeah. that combined and the newsletter itself, which again talks a lot about a lot of things like, like events and also like financial matters. For you as the CEO yeah. of the nursing bee, if there are and probably be hard to choose, probably choosing from babies. If there are top three topics within nursing or healthcare as a whole that you really wish the nursing beat would be the vessel to amplify about these topics, what would those topics be? <laughs> oh man, loaded question. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think advocacy is number one or, or like top three for sure. I think we need to be really informed about policy and legislation and how we can actually enact change. Like from a bedside perspective, like you asked me a couple of years ago, you could actually elicit change through legislation and policy. I'd be like, okay, like that sounds so far from where I'm at right now. But if we can like make it easy for you to do that through certain calls to action, through different opportunities, then over time, we're going to build this massive network that can elicit change because we've gotten to this juncture of like, we know nursing's not good right now. Like we know healthcare is negative and fragmented. So now what? And the now what starts with being informed and then getting opportunities to change that. Okay. okay so advocacy <laughs> one, that was so long. Um, <laughs> uh, professional development, a hundred percent. I think it's really important, honestly, to listen to like to what your audience wants. Mm -hmm. We survey and try and understand like what are pertinent topics to you? What's most important to you? Professional development, honestly, is number one. We have so much outreach for it in terms of like looking for a mentor, don't know where to begin. I have an idea like, or I want to move up the clinical ladder or I'm a new grad and thinking about quitting. Like I need to talk to somebody. So I think professional development is a must for us. Yeah, it's so, so important. Uh, okay, and then three, I think legal, honestly, right now is really important. I think we really need to be aware of our liabilities and how our practice really affects that. And I wasn't, I, I didn't really understand the magnitude of how, you know, what I could do could like affect my my license and my profession. And I want to make sure that people understand sort of what they're signing up for and how they like the, yeah, the steps they can take. To and those are themselves. three crucial matters. And think, think so we are not taught in nursing school, right? I mean, not a class. It's great learning <laughs> pharmacology and pathophysiology, which all basically are the foundations of our care. But outside of just clinical care, there's a whole yeah. legal logistics to the profession of nursing, right? I mean, when I was starting working as a nurse, yeah. I'm like, wait, what are the things I should or should not do in a legal matter? like, charting you know documentation like i guess we see on tiktok things like we'll continue to monitor or this this or that like these are things that are not taught in school or how to negotiate 
pay for those who are advanced providers, right? Or even for new nurses or what is an unsafe assignment, right? Um, What are things outside of our scope in that certain facility? I think these things like legal, like you were saying, are things are so important that are not usually talked about, right? Like at all. scary. No. And I think that's like where, you know, the nursing bee and other organizations can come together to really supplement that until, you know, academics catch up because it's really not fair to throw someone out of nursing school and not prepare them for the liability that they're about to face. Like when I was bedside, there were definitely like cases that got brought up within the department and everyone was freaked out right? Because like, yeah, nobody Mm. talks about it. And I'm going to be honest, institutions, you can change them. It takes a really long time. The reason I completely (laughs) like YOLO'd and (laughs) went to entrepreneurship is Mm -hmm. because like, I can make change quickly. Like I can make decisions fast and this kind of stuff, the content, you know, we can put together really quickly to provide. Yeah, like, definitely. That I think all of this, like, really all boils down to like creating a community, right? Even if it's online, I think the past few years, even like probably a few months before the pandemic happened, I was able to like meet so many people online, right? Both in healthcare, outside of healthcare, and then you, yeah. when you finally meet in person, it's like, whoa, like the community that we can build online. I mean. Social media is such a scary world. It can be such a scary world. There's definitely lots of negativities about it, but there's also so many beautiful things that can happen, right? Things like disseminating sound information or having a community. And I think that's one thing that the nursing beat does well, right? It's like through sharing the newsletter, you find out more about other people and their endeavors and their ventures. And it just creates a sense of community, which is so important because, I mean, especially for a new grad, it can be so isolating, right? Like working can be so isolating, especially working, I don't know, 12 hour shifts, especially if you're working night shift, it's like you're detached from your whole social circle. And I think a sense of community is so vital in this profession. I'm curious how you wish the nursing beat can contribute to the whole nursing community, both online and outside of our phones and computers. Yeah, like you said, I didn't realize the magnitude of online community really until I sort of pivoted to the nursing beat and realized that there's so much opportunity and missed opportunity still that we need to like latch onto for support for nurses, but it is should be paired for sure with in person. And we've started to host in person networking events, which have been amazing <laughs> and like honestly life changing to, to me. Like you're gonna come to one of New York, them. <laughs> come on, New York. <laughs> the next one that's in your area. <laughs> we'll, we'll come to we'll come to New York for sure. But uh, yeah, it's been you know like nothing takes away from being in person, right? Like there's something about connecting with people and feeling their energy and feeling the community that's like indescribable, but also we don't have time. And there are like millions of resources online and people you can really reach out to that. I am so impressed by the people like you and many other creators that I've met and nurses who own businesses that are like really, I mean, you guys are like dedicating your life to making sure that people mm-hmm. have information and I feel heard and it shows through all of your work. And like, that's what drives us to see that. Like all we want to do is amplify it. Like we're just a microphone. Like it's all about you guys. It, it, it's not about, yeah. you know, yeah. me or our team. It's, yeah, I mean, such a it's cool, just so cool crazy to think the magnitude that media, whether it's social media or even 
through an email or through a newsletter it can be right it's like the fans of the reach that yep. you know you can reach people and i, I think yep. the nursing beat right it's just so beautiful how there's so much information online right and I, i think from online because there's so much information so much misinformation and this information can also arise right i mean who has the time to go through 10 pages in google to find what you really need right and Apart from finding something, finding something no. that is like peer reviewed, something that is off consensus, and I think being able to amalgamate all of that into a daily newsletter is is, is just, I mean, that's why I, I love it, right? It's, and it's like with no flatter. I'm just like, wow, this is. I wish I had this in nursing school, and I wish oh. people had this when it's needed, right? I wonder what's your goal for yeah. the newsletter in the years to come, or goal in general, right? Yeah, I want to be the largest resource for nurses, especially in the form of content and news and amplification of voices. Hundred percent. If I like close my eyes and ten years from now, like we we will be the voice that other entities come to. And we will help nurses be like the best that they can be, given the crazy circumstances that we're all in. I think it starts with a newsletter and ends with community. And yeah. I want to build um, the biggest. Hi, nation! Hi, world! You heard it here first. <laughs> On this day, May twelve, twenty twenty-three. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely amplifying all of that and the nursing experience, especially during Nurses Week. Right? It's just. Of utmost importance, yeah. and it sounds so beautiful, right? I mean, there's so many opportunities in nursing. Again, like I said earlier, the feeling of just reward and privilege of caring for others. But outside of that, there's really a lot of brokenness within the nursing profession, right? And nursing as a whole, the system as a whole, right? I mean, definitely we've been battling things yeah. like patient ratios. I mean, we've seen it in the strikes here in New York City and other states. Even things not talk about like physical injuries to nurses uh, from patients or family members, or oh yeah, things like low pay relative to the work that's done, and so a lot of this like of brokenness we've seen nurses go out in droves, right? Since the pandemic started, let's say there's a hopeful nursing student who's listening now, or. To the podcast episode in the future, or either a pre-nursing student or a nursing student or a new grad, and seeing all of this brokenness, which I, I think might exacerbate also in the years to come unless change is done, right? And they're wondering if, yeah, deep down themselves, if they feel this even worth it to enter. What would be your advice or word of encouragement or just you know words for that person? I would say don't give up. That being a new Grad in general is so difficult. Let alone the circumstance that they're in now. Find support. Find a mentor. Build a community outside of your unit and system, so that you can start to think about what you really want to do. Bedside nursing is like sort of the gold standard、mm-hmm. in the way that we we chat about our profession, but that is not it. Like there are so many opportunities for you.、Mm-hmm. You may need to start there. But you do not have to end there. It can literally be two years, and you can pivot to other things. I think finding good people and good mentors, and not giving up. Like don't leave, don't leave within a year. Yeah, like yeah. hold on tight. 
<laughs> and, and hopefully within that time, you can really like begin to understand the impact that you will have on people's lives, no matter what type of nurse you are. But you know what? It's so cloudy to see it. It's so cloudy. And if you don't, I also get it. You know, if you want to give up, I get it. Like, I hear you. What new grads face now is so different than any other sort of generation of nursing. It's so unique. And I myself personally mentor a few new grads that I've followed with during nursing school. And they call me, they text me like, you know, whatever, midnight, like they did this, somebody did this, what do I do? And you need to find your person, like find your people to talk to. To the hopeful pre-nursing student always wanted to be a nurse their whole life. I don't know, their parents are nurse or a nurse when they were sick had such an impact on them. And they're wondering, is it even worth it? What would be your answer to that? 100%. It's 100% worth it. But you also have to find, again, it goes back to like, you have to find what you love within the profession too. I will say this because I'm biased and I have to admit it. I'm a California I'm trying to be be one. So I I come from heavy state regulations. I come from like the hospital gets penalties for not giving me a break. We have some of the highest pay rates. Like I know I'm biased because of that. And I know that what I've seen and then what I see happens out of state is shocking. And hopefully states like, and, and again, it's not like a union conversation or whatever. However, we decide to solve this. We need to, because when you go to certain states and you see those nurses, they are much happier and they're much happier because we have ratios and we have lunch breaks and our pay is pretty, pretty good. And then you look at other states and you're like, no way. (laughs) So when I say this, this like this glimmer of hope I know comes from having an experience where like a system did have my back to a certain degree. Like, obviously there were issues, but like even going to those systems to find it, whether it's like academic institutions or a different state, I think it's really important to see the yeah, example definitely. of what it could be. You know, you're just making me jealous of this whole California thing. I, well, I, I think don't know the move I is you, coming, but I was Chris supposed to move like, 20, like my plan was 2020 and then, you know, Miss Rona happened. So the, I, I got yeah. my California nursing license back oh, in 2019. So I was like, I'm ready to move. I'm ready to move. And then Rona happened. And then I got <laughs> sucked into the COVID ICUs. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. But change is coming. Change is coming. My, my auntie is a nurse in California. <laughs> I, I visited last week and she was telling oh. me like, oh, yeah, you know, this shift, I was just a break nurse. And I was like, a break nurse? Nurse? What are you talking <laughs> about? Like, she's like, yeah, I relieve people in their break. I know. I was like, whoa, what kind of, what kind of world is this? It feels like a dystopian world of nursing. I was like, I need, I need to get on this. So you'll see, you'll see me there soon. San Diego, San so Los excited. Angeles. We'll so be excited. there. Well, I wanted to ask, you know, we talked a lot about the beauty of nursing and also the brokenness in the system. And your platform talks a lot about self-care and mental health, right? Which are very, very pertinent aspects, yeah. not just within the nursing profession, but just humanity as a whole, right? Amidst all of the stress, I mean, I know you, I can't imagine the amount of stress you've gone through the past few years of working and going to school and then being the CEO of the nursing beat. How do you decompress out of all of this? Oh, man. I think that there's like a few, again, a few answers to this. Mental health first for the nursing beat is like, 
so, so important for content. It's like one of our brand pillars is mental health wellness because A, what we deal with, just like take away all of the mess that is healthcare, like just the, what you see within mm-hmm. patients, the way that you're there for them, you know, like death, all, all of the craziness that goes along with being a nurse or in the medical field is really hard. And you yeah. do not get any moments to debrief them. There's no time. You move to the next patient and it catches up to you one day. One day you wait, like for me, I bottled it up. I, I'll be fully honest. I, I just bottled it up because there was another shift and another patient and I never, this has been the first year that I've actually been able to sit down and reflect on it. And then I see all these nurses that have mental health organizations that have groups that are supporting people. And I'm like, I wish I had this 10 years ago, you know? And if we, if the nursing beat can amplify those people already doing the like good work in the community, that's really what it's about. It's like providing platforms for people to really like Mm -hmm. come to terms with what they've witnessed and, and debrief them. And it does. Yeah. I mean, entrepreneurship comes with its own mental health. (laughs) It's a 24 hour job too. And you really need to stay on top of it. Like you really need to set boundaries. I think boundaries in general in life is such so important. And within nursing, it's really important too. We do not have to be the nurse that picks up 16 hour shifts. Like if it's between an extra paycheck and sleeping and like being whole the next day, the next day. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's so many good nurses doing great things in the community for mental health. Our goal is to amplify them. We have this notion that the gold standard is bedside, right? But actually the truth is the gold standard is wherever you're happy, right? Wherever you feel fulfilled and whole, like you said. And I think the pandemic and everything that we've gone through showed the importance of like self-care right and at the end of the day it's like we need to remain like whole right and and i I love that you and the nursing bee really gives their all to amplify all of that oh you are such a boss Oh, please. I feel so honored (laughs) uh, speaking to you today. It was such a pleasure and I've learned so much. And, you know, it gives me so much hope, you know, for me and for the next generation of nurses to actually have a platform, right? Where they can take refuge in knowing that they're not alone and that there are resources um, for them so that they can you know, avoid mistakes and whichever aspect that is. And to just have a community, right, where we can take refuge in and find a probably a home in, right, amidst everything that happens. Yeah. There's so many nurses working so hard on the back end to make sure that the next generation of nurses are fulfilled and happy and whole. And it takes time, but... I mean, back to your question about the new grads, like, just hold on. Like, it's not just the nursing beat. Like, there's thousands of nurses that literally are leaving the bedside and and not leaving the profession, yeah. but like working on the system. And it takes time. And yeah, I close my eyes and five years from now, this is completely changed. And we don't have to, you know, talk about like the disparity that it is now on this nurses week. Five years from now, I'm going to be on your IG live, or no, not even two. And we'll be, we'll be on nurses week, and we'll be talking about. And again, you know, it'll May be May 12, 2023. You heard it here first, everybody.
the nursing way. <laughs> so, Mary, it's such an honor. Thank you so much again. This is not the last time. We'll Thank definitely. And again, nope. hello, whoever's listening. New York City. Needs to be the next. Connect our friend that is watching. New York City. Come on. Taylor Swift didn't make a song called Welcome to New York for no reason. You're good. <laughs> It's ne- next, next on the list. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day. Bye. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. Bye.